heads up to listeners. This episode of Celebrity Podcast Podcast includes some subjects that may not be appropriate for some listeners, including extreme girl boss energy, quail eggs, spooky ghosts who talk to you, and Gwyneth Paltrow. Don't say we didn't warn you. Is that it? Yep. Let's do it. Welcome back to Celebrity Podcast Podcast. Here we are. I'm Henry Lavoy. I'm Rebecca Lavoy. And today we're talking about Goop. The Goop Podcast. Yes. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. Um, so where to begin? <laughs> very good question. So I've been thinking a lot about it. The last two podcasts we talked about, I found very easy to make fun of uh-huh. because there was a lot of like very surface level, like stupid shit about it, which you could kind of pick apart. And I have to say the Goop podcast, the Goop brand, there's obviously like, vagina candles and like you know sticking stuff up there yeah like fucking rich women doing peyote and private islands and whatever like that's obviously all upfront and easy to make fun of however the podcast itself is mostly pretty professionally done it's not overly obnoxious for the most part and i think that like a lot of with a few exceptions we'll get into a lot of the content itself is pretty bearable Hmm. and you have to dig a little bit deeper to get into like why it is so fucked up okay so question for you do you see this dress that looks like a potato sack (laughs) yes on the goop website okay it's 465 dollars it looks like a fucking bathrobe from target it It looks looks like like something that you would wear if you were in an lds fringe cult Um, and Tulsi you, Gabbard. We you can on buy the this Sarah Face Pro for four hundred dollars. I just, I mean, this is these these shoes. By the way, are nine hundred and ninety five dollars. Okay, so obviously we know what Goop is. We don't need to get into it. It's a newsletter and lifestyle brand company. Yeah, I I disagree with you on a couple points you wanted to. I mean, okay, so the podcast you write, it's not terrible. I actually enjoyed one of the episodes we listened to today quite a bit, except mm-hmm. for some levels issues that yeah. I think were a result of some. Just bad recording. Sure, um, sure, sure. There, there was just Gwyneth was very low, and her guest was very hot, and there were just some straight up bad cuts and Two bad words. Edits. Mix minus. Get it straight, it, people. It also almost sounded like maybe like a kid who is the child of someone who works at Goop may have done the audio editing on that episode. Very possibly. Um, the other episode was edited poorly insofar as that the guest literally talked for sometimes like. 15 minutes straight. I will point out, though, the episode was 38 minutes, which mm-hmm. leads me to believe that the interview was probably an hour long. And we got the short version. <laughs> so. Probably more than an yeah. hour. And longer if you include the ghosts that yes, probably yes. came in and talked to them. We'll get into it. Yeah. It's hard to not be colored, though, by what you also know about Goop, right? Yes. So the first thing I kind of want to talk about before we get to the podcast itself is we were talking last night about like self-help in general mm-hmm. and like the wellness industry. Mm-hmm. What are your general thoughts on like wellness and especially kind of like where Goop fits in the wellness industry? I think it sucks. Um, So here's why. There is this idea that we have to, quote, take care of ourselves. And on its face, that is true. 
on its face, it's true that you need to make time for yourself, spend time with your family. If you are in a truly stressful situation, like, for example, if you are a frontline worker, like a nurse or taking care of other people or a you know, parent or, you know, in any kind of stressful job or even just, you know, having a hard day, you should take some time, take a bath, go for a walk, whatever. That's fine. That being said, wellness as a word, self-care as a word has become commodified to an extent where it's like weaponized in mm-hmm, a way. Mm-hmm. Not only is it has it become like wellness and self-care means that you go to a spa and spend $700 getting your vagina steamed or whatever, yeah. but it also means being a dick to other people. Mm-hmm. Like my like wellness moralizing it. Yes, my wellness plan, my self-care is staying away from you and your toxic energy. Mm-hmm. Like like I've decided that to to my self-care is not being around people who look and feel and and and, and talk like you and yeah. just just for my own health. And and people use the the, the self-care and wellness brand when what they really mean is they're just setting up boundaries or yes, they're just like, yeah. you know, wanting to be with people who are just like them or what mm-hmm. I don't like how the word is used. I don't like how the mental health stuff is brought into it. And it's just so so privileged. You're right. And I think, you know, one other thing to get a little bit like college broy just for for a short minute, I promise it'll be quick, but it kind of like sublimates. Like there's for example like one episode of the Goop podcast I listened to, which is pretty good where they <laughs> How talk many about episodes did you I listen to three. I listen to three. Okay. Uh it's about like toxic culture and basically how our culture and aspects of our workplaces society like cause like physical illnesses Mm -hmm. you know like asthma or whatever true which is all true and you know it's a good conversation or the solutions that but then you know goop just says like okay instead of changing your society through you know politics or whatever instead you just need to work on yourself yes and i think especially for like the professionals, like professional workers that wellness is really advertised towards. It's a like way of sublimating what could be a instinct, a drive to like move towards politics, towards changing your society through activism, whatever, instead towards I'm just going to like look inwards, like you said, kind of create these boundaries around myself. So I think that's not just a problem with goop in particular. That's kind of like self-care, wellness, you know, therapy, all this stuff in general. But I think Goop is a particularly bad offender. It kind of reminds me, like, when you have a really bad workplace culture, like, especially during the pandemic, and, like, all these bosses are like, how do we make this better? Nobody wants to come into the office. Everyone says they're really dissatisfied with, you know, just the culture here, whatever. Mm -hmm. We're going to have more parties in the office. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what people want is forced fun with people that they don't want to be with anyway. Yeah. If you have to spend <laughs> two hours a day taking omega-3s and steaming your cooch just to go back to work the next day, maybe it's time to reevaluate. Yeah. Listen, I've never tried the vagina steamer. I've now heard two people on the podcast say they really like it. Uh, <laughs> Does the therapist know that you're steaming no, your vagina no, while no, you're talking? No. You know, I'm not saying if it... If someone offered it to me for free, I wouldn't give it a try. I also don't think it's necessary in order to be a happy and well person. I think mm-hmm. that that is ridiculous. Of course, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's actually get into the podcast itself. Okay. So can we just disclaimer up first mm-hmm. and, and, and just like point people to some reference material that has some substance so they can learn about goop more broadly and so that we can get off the hook in terms of like all the toxicity that goop actually has. Yes, of course. So Maintenance Phase, the great podcast, just released a new episode about goop this week. 
department is very good, like all of their stuff. And their kind of like thesis is they're like, we're going to take Goop seriously, yes. like in its own terms and kind of evaluate their business practices with that frame. Yes. We are not so much going to do that today. No. And no. And just to be clear, lest anyone thinks we don't know. We do know that there is a sort of white lady Joe Rogan-esque aspect <laughs> to Goop. Well, I think one important thing in the maintenance phase episode that they highlight is the fact that a very important part of Gwyneth Paltrow's business strategy is to piss people off on the Internet. Right. And like we're kind of like participating in that Correct. by doing this. But they also talk about at the end of the episode how she gives platforms to people who are anti-vax. She gives mm-hmm. platforms to people who have crazy ideas. About ghosts. Because and... she had a magazine that lasted one issue because Condé Nast wanted to fact check it. Yes, yes. Because she believes in, quote, asking curious questions mm-hmm. and letting people decide for themselves who says the same thing. Mr. Joe Rogan. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right. So we we know that. But we are talking about celebrity podcasts, mm-hmm. not the business practices uh, of the companies that are adjacent to the celebrity podcast. So with that being said. With that being said, um, we listened to two episodes, like you said. And the first one I want to talk about is an episode hosted by Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. And it is an interview with Kourtney Kardashian. Yes. My second favorite Kardashian. Yes, you're a huge Kardashian fan. So I'm what did you? Huge. Okay, but you're a Kardashian. I'm fan. not a Kardashian hater. Yes. Okay. So what did you think of the episode? Except for the horrible level issues mm-hmm. and the bad editing, and the mix minus issues. Yeah, oh my God! Every time they would talk and their yeah. voices would overlap and echo. First of all, even without mix minus, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You can just sync it. Mm-hmm. Only people in the store. And where where was it? In Calabasas, where we live. It's so funny. It's like right down the street. And then two doors down, a space opened up. And I was like, to my sisters, like, we have to open the store dash. This like a women's store. Like we all okay, love so this clothes. is before you're on TV or anything. Before we were on okay. TV. Also, there is a recording on Courtney's end. Yes. Just use her side. And also, you don't need to overlap. Mm-hmm. It's okay just to not do that. Also, you don't need to hear Gwyneth reactive. Oh, oh. Yeah, it was annoying. Listen, if if someone is working at Goop and listening to this and you ever want to do like a Skype interview thing again and you're getting that echoey thing, just call me or Henry. Send us an email. We'll edit for you at no charge. I will waive my fee one time for you. I charge $3,700 an hour. So. <laughs> that will not be free yeah, you for you guys me. can afford it. Um, yeah, so I was worried because I saw the description for this episode and that it is nothing like what they describe. Can you Mm -hmm. read the description of the episode? Yes. It says, Kourtney Kardashian joins Gwyneth Paltrow to talk about what shaped her life before she and her family appeared on television. They discuss blended family dynamics, what Kardashian turns to her husband Travis Barker for, the one thing she regrets being filmed, and how she and GP feel about comparisons that have been made between Goop and Poosh. Yeah. P.S. If you haven't heard, the pair also teamed up to create a limited edition candle, and it's called This Smells Like My Pooshie. Yeah. It sounds so much more boring than it ends up being. It's actually just sort of a gossip fest. No, it is. It is. It is. This is an interview in which Gwyneth actually demonstrates she's a very good interviewer. It's a very like Howard Stern-esque interview Mm -hmm. where they just start talking and Gwyneth lets Courtney take her places. And then Gwyneth asks fucking outstanding follow-up questions. Yeah. I learned a lot. Like what? 
first of all, I did know that the Kardashians had a retail background before mm-hmm. they came in, but mm-hmm. I learned about the children's clothing store and all that stuff. But I also learned all about how exactly candid and real the Kardashians filming schedule is. Yeah. Forgive me for not knowing more about how reality television works, but are they really just filming what's happening in your life? Or are they like, hey, today we want to do a, a scene where, you know, Courtney falls in love with or like is flirting with someone? And like, how does it actually work? No, it's like, it's our lives. I did not know exactly how real that fight was between Courtney and Kim. I've seen it a million times. Yeah, I just felt every day, like we'd see each other on like personal levels. And then when we would come in to film, I felt like there were these little digs all day while we were filming. And I just snapped. And I like, we had a physical fight. (laughs) No fucking way. Yeah, and I was just like- Who won? I I think I did. You can watch the footage. <laughs> um, but I also, you know, for instance, the, the, the inside look that Courtney gives, like mm-hmm. even to her waking up in the morning. Yeah. It was so lovely. Yeah. Some of the small details are obviously very funny. Like at the end when they're talking about their self-care routines. <laughs> you just, could you describe what Courtney does every day? Okay. Self-care. So some of it's endearing and some of it's bananas. Yeah. The endearing thing is that Courtney describes... Uh, that she has to wake up every morning and she has changed her alarm tone to be from one of the regular Apple tones Mm -hmm. to be a song. Yeah. And there's this very funny moment where Gwyneth goes, how do we all get that? I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) Yeah, of course she does. And Courtney's like, yeah, you just can. And and your option is you can just change it to a song that you actually have on your phone. And then they have like a conversation about that for like 30 seconds. I love it that they left that in. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Because I, I think that a lesser, more self-conscious host would be like, cut that out. It makes me sound stupid. Yeah, yeah. So Courtney wakes up every morning to the song from Cinderella, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. <laughs> and she makes it, lets it play all the way through before she even like gets out of bed or opens her eyes. And when she was telling the story, I was thinking like, what the fuck does Travis think of this? Mm-hmm. And then I found out. They don't live together. Everyone loves their own home. And, you know, it's like we are a block away. So it's like a nice thing. And then the days when they're at their dad's, like I can always be there. Yes, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, they live a block apart because they haven't yet blended their families. Mm -hmm. So then uh, she gets up. She doesn't look at her phone at all. She, She gets her kids ready for school. She takes a quick bath. (laughs) Nice. Gwyneth, of course, asks, what's in the bath? What do you stick in there? I'm like, water? (laughs) It doesn't even even occur to me that you like put Put things in the bath. Of course. She's like, I put in a sousance of lavender. Sometimes (laughs) I put in a little bit of my pushy smells. I don't know. I guess rich people put shit in their bath. I put water and sometimes a little bubble bath thing. Yeah, they work out every day. And then <laughs> this diet conversation. Yeah, yeah. I ate a grapefruit and some quail eggs. Oh, I love quail eggs. Quail eggs with celery salt, man. It probably like really weird to most people. Today I had half a grapefruit and like quail eggs. And then I had some I lunch. love quail eggs, by the way. So do I. I have hard boiled quail eggs. I love them. What, the, it's like a thing in England to have... Those little hard-boiled quail eggs with oh, it some is? celery salt, like as an appetizer. I love them. Yum. Apparently, quail eggs are the jam. Yeah. And then it gets weird. Mm-hmm. 
Um, supplements. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I supplements can be good. Obviously, like I'm probably majorly iron deficient. Could use some supplements myself. But like, but do you the get... supplement culture? Like, we're... Do, do you go to a special doctor just for your supplements? No, it's who then crazy. tests your blood every so often just for your like? <laughs> it's like literally like the Wally people, where you're just having fucking like meatloaf milkshakes and like. <laughs> You know, like, it's crazy. I've been the last two months, just like no supplements. I'm not taking any supplements. I need a break. And then I'll go back and I'll start, you know, taking my supplements again and seeing. And will you do blood work before you take them again? Like, how do you do that? Yes. So I'll do blood work. And then I have an amazing, like, natural doctor who will muscle test me on everything and kind of tell me what I need. And I love that, like, reset of starting from scratch. Yeah, it just it shows you that people like with that amount of money just live they just live a completely different like p- part of their day is literally all about optimizing health. Yes. Optimizing yeah. their skin, mm-hmm. optimizing their hair. It's like you know software engineers their whole job is to help the software run at like optimize speed. Yeah. That is what rich people do just like for themselves and their bodies. For me, what wellness is really about is like the permission for the exploration of like what's right for you, what feels good for each individual person. And this idea of like the pursuit of optimization and feeling better in your body. I think there's something about being incredibly wealthy that makes you like extra afraid of dying. And like, (laughs) you know, like Elon Musk trying to go to space or like Bezos trying to go to space, like all these billionaires building bunkers in Australia and shit for the apocalypse where it's like, for whatever reason, when you get to some level of wealth, there's anxiety about like not being alive just gets turned up to 11. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was just super interesting and but I will say it does sound like Courtney has a much healthier relationship to food than Gwyneth oh, does. Oh yeah, Gwyneth. <laughs> Yeah, the way Gwyneth described it, it's just very sad because like barely clearly has a very serious eating disorder. Yeah. It's just like talks about it in like such a casual way as if it's like I have to say Courtney comes off like fairly relatable. Even yeah. her routines, like I gotta take a break from my routines. I'm off all supplements or whatever. The well, one Gwyneth thing- Paltrow is like one of the least relatable out of touch people, I feel like. No kidding. She's like, it is important to take a break. I had a bite of pasta. Yeah, yeah. you would not believe it. I went to Italy and had pasta for a week. (laughs) You did? I really enjoy when I, you know, have my breaks or like I was really strict with food and everything for like a year because I was dealing with long COVID and mold toxicity and stuff like that. And then I went to Italy and I just ate and drank everything and stopped taking all my supplements. And it was like the best week of my life. Meanwhile, Courtney, it seems, takes actual breaks. The one thing she doesn't take a break from apparently is working out. But a lot of people like like to work out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that doesn't seem too crazy to me. Yeah. Um, And Courtney... I'll say like the things she talked about, about growing up and Mm -hmm. like the whole like living with her dad, her dad being more, there was just a lot in that conversation that just seemed like, you know, I know that people hate the Kardashians who don't like have any awareness sort of, of, you know, there are people who just hate the culture of reality TV. It's easy. I think there's people who hate rich people too. Yes. But there's also people who just like, they hate the whole idea of being famous for being famous. Yeah. And they don't understand that the Kardashians are not actually famous for being famous. Mm -hmm. That may be sort of the moment where they became famous, but that's not actually why they're famous anymore. Mm -hmm. People listening to this podcast may just shut it off right now. 
I think the Kardashians, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, is actually a very important television show. Of course it is. I think that in 20 and 30 years, when people are teaching media studies at colleges, Mm -hmm. I think that show will be on the syllabus. I really, really do. There well, are so it's a many turning in- point. That's what social media is now, where like we are like performing our real lives Correct. online. Correct. And like- and, and the, you know, uh, people will say that it's the, um, the Osbournes that were the first celebrity family on TV. Mm-hmm. The Kardash- the Osbournes were performing all the time. They were doing skits on their show. Yep. So Court- what Courtney describes is what happened on the show. So she talks about that they would go to their mom's house at 7 a.m. and do the glam squad thing and do their own. They get makeup and hair. Yep. I don't know. I think back to our first seasons, like even this is just stupid, but like our hair and makeup, like we used to do our own. And then we started like all meeting at my mom's house at five in the morning or something and all sharing like a glam team. But that part was on the show. Yeah. You would see them in the makeup chair having an argument with each other and Mm -hmm. then they'd be sitting around the living room all day just talking about bullshit stuff. So it was sort of like even the artifice of being on reality TV was on the show. Yes. Um, so they were they were the the peeled back layers of we are we know we are on TV right now was part of the show. Yeah. And then there were also really like real moments oh, yeah, on yeah, yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. Really painful things. But yeah, no, it's I think it's an important show and I, I love that they talked so much about it on the No, podcast. I totally agree with you about its importance. Can we just say one last thing about oh, that please, episode? Please, yeah. There's a lot of discussion about step parenting in this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is super interesting to me as a step parent. So what? Like, give me an example. Oh, I just think it's interesting that, like, Courtney's being so careful mm-hmm. when we have seen in her family so much a lack of care in terms of blending families yes. and, like, making yeah. rash decisions about relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen in the press, and it's also been on TV, so we've seen it. Like, you meet somebody, and then you get married, like, four days later, and then, like, mm-hmm. you have a baby with them, like, six months later. And, like, yeah. the family is just so tolerant of, like, rash decision-making. Like, that is their brand. Yes. And they're, to their credit, they they do clearly love each other a lot, and they support each other through a lot. And she is being so careful and treating this relationship with so much care. Mm -hmm. And that is like lovely. Yeah. And Gwyneth is telling her in this podcast, like, just fucking do it. Just move in together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Gwyneth. This is somebody who, for the first time in her life, is like. So you have a very healthy outlook on this whole going situation. Going slow, yeah. <laughs> being cool, being chill. Like she and Travis are nesting, like not not ripping their kids out of their homes. Yeah, like, yeah. Like chill, Gwyneth. Like yeah. let Courtney put the brakes on. I did love what you said to me, which is like you kind of wished that you had just moved in quicker, or just like didn't take that slow like easing in I think you said it was like a year right and yeah like I kind of wish I had been like I know this is hard for you guys like fuck it I love you I'm gonna be a parent to you too and then Gwyneth talking about like her experience as a stepmom and I'm just thinking like Gwyneth Paltrow would be the worst stepmom <laughs> on fucking today earth, we're like. having banana cardboard muffins yeah like imagine like your <laughs> friends coming home from school looking for a snack in the pantry <laughs> Some chia seeds. Like. Yes, that's all we have is some baked garbanzo beans. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about ghosts now. Oh, I cannot wait. So the second episode we listened to is an older one. It's hosted by Elise, who is the 
co-producer or co-editor. I forget what her title is. The director of content. Yes. She's the other woman who does about half of the Goop episodes. She's Discount Gwyneth. Yes. But also very similar in some ways. I wouldn't have... If you went told me that Gwyneth was hosting the episode, I probably wouldn't have been able to tell. No, definitely not. (laughs) So the episode is called Are We All Psychic? Are we? Are we? And Elise interviews this medium who can communicate with the dead. Mm Mm-hmm. Certified. Yes. Um, What was your first impression of this episode? That they made a podcast in which they talked to a woman who says she can communicate with the dead. Yes. What was your first impression of this episode? (laughs) Pretty similar. This is where, like, when the the Gwyneth Paltrow, Goop Brand, and Rogan comparison is most obvious. So I think it's interesting that they present this conversation in the same kind of manner as they do like their more professional Kourtney Kardashian episodes. Or, like, or their episodes about something like disrupting the, the business industry. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, you could say the Kourtney Kardashian episode is a lighter pop culture episode, right? Mm-hmm. They also have episodes with people who run businesses and mm-hmm. they have episodes with people who do like exercise stuff. Yeah. This is dropped in the feed with that same level of like seriousness. Yes, yes. So what are also your thoughts? Oh, damn, where to even begin with this? Okay. Someone's name Laura. So the psychic's name is Laura Lynn Jackson. Mm-hmm. And she talks about when she was a kid how she like felt different because she could sense people's feelings or something like that. And her mom told her that they have many generations of women in their family who have this same superpower. And then she confessed that it had run in our family for generations, you know, that my aunt had known when uh, a family member was going to die, and so did my grandmother. And and then I felt like I was part of, uh, you know, this kind of club that I wasn't sure I wanted to be part of. And then it kind of goes from there to this woman, like, not like, we're not exaggerating when she says she can, like, communicate with the dead. Like, people on the other side, she says. Right. The story she tells about how she knew she was different when she was a kid is so funny to me. But at age 11, I I realized that something was, you know, wrong with me, so to speak, because I was very, very close with my grandfather. Um, I called him Pop Pop. And I remember this incident where it was a hot August day. I was in the swimming pool and my mother called out to say she was going to go visit my grandfather. And I was seized by this sense of absolute panic and knowing that I needed to go be with him that day. And I couldn't fully understand, you know, the why. I just knew I was an absolute need. And I called out, you know, please wait for me. And my mom, mom, of course, thought like, it's August and it's summertime. Why do you want to come? But she was a loving, wonderful mother. You know, she still is. And she waited for me. And I got to spend the day with my grandfather and we laughed and we talked and we told stories and it was just the two of us. You know, my other siblings stayed home that day. And that was the last time I ever saw him alive. Laura Lynn, I hate to break it to you, but for everybody who's lost a grandparent, there's some day that is the last day. They yes. Ever no, saw literally. Alive. You could say that about any day you saw your grandpa and he didn't die. Like, yeah, I'm just like straight up front. I'm a complete ghost skeptic. skeptic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I do not even believe in ghosts even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be fair, you know, I know that there are true believers out there and yep. I, I respect that. And you don't position, want to diss but... them. You don't want anybody who's listening right now who believes in this. We're not dissing you. We're dissing the podcast. Remember that. <laughs> Speak for yourself. 
<laughs> okay, so the other thing she claims is that we are all born psychic. You know, we all have the ability to connect with both each other and the other side. We are all born psychic. We are all mediums in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And what she means by that is we can all communicate with the dead, with people on the other side. And part of that ability, if you can really hone it and like get good at it and practice it, is you can, she says, download skills from the dead. They can help you. And use them. Yeah, that'll help you in your real life. For example, the host of it, Elise, she talks about, I believe, her cousin who died. I believe it was her ex-brother-in-law. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I feel like I'm completely able to harness Peter, my brother-in-law who passed. He was like an incredible deal maker. And he is... He's like making it, he makes it rain for me all the time and in very that. specific ways. What do you think about this idea? Do you think like you can download skills from your dead relatives? I think that Elise is just remembering shit her brother-in-law told her when he was alive about what to do at meetings <laughs> and that she is doing those things. See, I think it's so interesting that like the word that, uh, Laura Lynn uses to describe this is downloading because <laughs> right. it's just the matrix. <laughs> it's just the matrix. Okay. I know kung fu. Yeah, no, it's, it is interesting. The way she sort of describes um, too, the way that she sees the interfacing. Yeah, it's a screen. Spirits, it's like it's like a computer screen, yeah. which is also the matrix. Which, and so I organized it with them that I would have this black kind of inner screen that I would watch, and all my psychic information comes on the left hand side of that screen, and all my mediumship comes on the right. Which makes me believe that, like, I don't know if like she has some mental thing going on and like the only way she can like describe it is in these terms or if it is just because we have so much pop culture that kind of uses these same motifs over and over again that like that's just what she thinks is happening here's why i don't believe laura lynn well Laura Lynn claims to have been vetted at an institution by lots of scientists who gave her MRIs. Quadruple, no, quintuple blind study. Quintuple blind study. (laughs) So who knows? And then that journey led me to the Winbridge Institute, too, which um, are hardcore scientists who are doing quintuple blinded studies of mediumship. Maybe Laura Lynn is actually psychic and is going to like come into our brains right now Mm -hmm. and give us a brain virus and uh, we're going to be like dead later. But the reason why it's hard for me to believe Laura is that a she can't stop talking for 15 minutes straight at one point which oh is crazy my fucking god she talks so much in this episode there's one answer that she gives that's legit like 12 minutes long no it's crazy it's bizarre can you talk a little bit about how it comes in how you read oh absolutely absolutely you know understanding my abilities and you know figuring out how they worked. That was a journey in and of itself. When I had my first daughter, she's now 17, but when I had her, it was as if uh, my abilities turned on even more strongly and I couldn't shut them off. And at the same time, I got this download from my spirit guides on the other side. You know, our spirit guides are our teachers and our mentors. That I was just clear seeing, which is when you, for example, go to sleep at night and you see things, your eyes are closed. That's amazing. We don't talk about that, but that's your third eye. That's your psychic vision. And so when I and then read, they will they will communicate with me like it's telepathically, it's through consciousness, and it's it's not in English. I'll tell you that it's this kind of emotional language that 
I then translate. Like I would almost say, like, this is so important, not just for me, but for all of us. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I realized the fact that I know this is the truth of the matter, the fact that I know death doesn't really exist, that our consciousness survives, you know, our body's death, so to speak, it has implications for all of humanity. B, the convenience of every answer. So when Elise says, so are you just being like barraged constantly with voices? It's like, Mm -hmm. of course not. I have a magic button that I can just use to keep them at bay. The thing that I have learned to turn on and off, and I'm really, really uh, very respectful of this boundary, is I've learned to kind of slam the door on the mediumship when I'm not actively reading. It's just so fucking convenient, right? Well, it's also, you know, like we were just talking about before how like rich people like seem to have this uniquely high fear of death compared to other people. I would imagine this idea, she literally says in the conversation. Imagine how everyone would live their lives if they absolutely knew that death wasn't real and that we were in here having this journey on earth. You know, earth is a school for us to be kind and loving and forgiving and help each other. And I feel like it's just another thing where it's like you're selling this idea to people. Yes. We don't die. You will be alive forever. Not only that, your relatives who you might be grieving are also alive. It is it's, that is so that is that's like the part that makes me angry. Yeah. Oh my god. And then she says she works with grieving families who've lost their kids. Mm-hmm. And she's like and they had they vet you so hard to like do I'm like that makes me so upset. Yeah. That you're commodifying this idea that you don't die so that mm-hmm. when you die think about the potential consequences of that. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's fine. When I die, I'm not really going to die. Yeah. Think about it. Like, what is the next logical leap from there? I'm mm-hmm. not even going to say it. Yeah. Think about it. Yes. It makes me so upset. Yes. No, it's very like, in some ways, it seems like a more optimistic view to believe your family members are still, they're just on the other side. Like, they're alive. You're not going to die, like, when you pass on or whatever. But like you look at it like that and it's such a pessimistic way to really view the world where it's like there's nothing we can do to change anything. And like if we're all here for a reason, why is there so much suffering in the world? And I mean, I don't know, like I just find it like very upsetting, like the same thing I said about wellness up top. You know, we could be like channeling like all these fears we have in life towards like changing the world. To but do in, something. So yeah. And instead, you know, we would rather just like... Take comfort yeah, in the fact comfort. that we're not really going really gonna to be dead. Yeah. Like th- the idea that somebody is like... The, the Knowing that death exists, right, mm-hmm. is actually something that you, you could use to activate yourself in your life. Yes. Right? Yeah. Grieving is a real emotion mm-hmm. that you should in some ways, when you really feel it, it's hard but it's okay to kind of like revel in it and feel it because that's also a celebration of yeah. how much you loved a person, mm-hmm. right? And there is nothing fucking wrong with that. Yeah, There's nothing wrong that with like somebody died and you loved them and then every time you think about them, it makes you extremely sad. Yeah, That is also an expression of love. And I feel mm-hmm. like this kind of thinking There's a flattening of emotions. You don't have to, like, confront the reality of the situation if you believe nobody dies. It's it's so ironic because this whole wellness industry, as much as they're telling you to go down deep and find your authentic self and feel more, Mm -hmm. it is all geared to making you feel less. Yes, yes, It's like everything is, like, flattening down. It's like, if you know you're never going to die, you're just going to feel better about it. It's Mm -hmm. it's very Black Mirror. Yes. It's all very Black Mirror. 
The last thing I will say about this episode is like the thing that got me is towards the end of the conversation, she starts getting into like sequences of numbers and their meaning. And that is the classic <laughs> sign that like this whole thing is complete bullshit when you're just bringing out the like straight QAnon shit. Once you start noticing the af- the affirmation, you know, one day I got like five license plates of like a yes. specific new like sequence of numbers and i was and i hadn't seen them in like three months and then right after that she says in those moments where you're like this is it feels maybe i'm crazy maybe i need to find something else to do with my time and that's when you know yes you do need to find something else to do with your time (laughs) like everything that you do if you're listening to the goop podcast exactly So with that, what are your like final thoughts about not the Goop brand necessarily, but specifically their like podcast and like what it's aimed at, like whether it's worth listening to good. What do you think about it? If (laughs) this is the kind of podcast where it might be worth just skimming through and finding episodes that, you know, like I'm glad I listened to the Courtney episode. Yeah. Except for the moment when she talks about the fact that when she does her online therapy, she's sitting on top of her vagina steamer. Mm-hmm. And I speak to my therapist when I do my therapy calls and I do the Yoni steam at the same time. Does the therapist know that you're steaming no, your vagina no, while no, you're talking? No. Super weird. Yep. A thing that actually, I'm, I, I don't want to say I didn't need to know that. I'm actually kind of glad I know that mm-hmm. because I, now I'm curious about that, not for myself, but for the world. Like, yeah. why does this thing exist? It's maybe the kind of podcast where it's worth just like skimming through the feed and being like, am I interested in any of these topics or people, mm-hmm. right? I would say also, if you choose not to do that, yeah. you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's also really fun to go on the Goop website and see a dress that looks like a potato sack that costs $400. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I stand by the take that Goop is just joe rogan for women Mm, in a lot of ways that's what i was my take yeah piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) i said that before you read the introduction (laughs) fair (laughs) but i'm very skeptical about like wellness and that sort of thing in general but i think especially when it's kind of dressed up in this sort of very professional like malcolm gladwell kind of gladwell you know sort of yeah whatever And, you know, you can talk about ghosts and disruptors and ghosts, big Jesus tech and whatever, you know, like all this shit. We ha- can we just, I know, we're, I know we're wrapping it up. Imagine how far you have gone with your wellness regime that you've reached the ghost place. The ghosts, yeah. You're, you're, you're done with your, cu- your cuticle cutting. You're done with your foot buffing. You've done your colonic. Yeah. You've steamed your vagina. You've gotten rid of all your pores. You've done your hair mask. And you're like, what's left? <laughs> Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, if you're feeling like you need some more like self-help in your life or whatever, you know, maybe just do literally anything else. Go yeah. for a walk with your dog. Hang out with you your know, kids. Read some Lenin. Do Eat whatever you need to do. a goddamn piece of cake. <laughs> or a quail egg. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, it's your pick, Henry. You know what we're talking about on the next podcast? I think next week we're getting political. We're talking... What? I haven't decided yet. There's two podcasts I have in mind. Yeah. We're either talking about our first black president, Bill Clinton, okay. or our second black president, Barack Obama, oh, and his Renegades tough. podcast. Maybe we'll do both. Maybe we'll, maybe that's a good pairing. Yeah. Should I? Should we just do a little bit of an update on a previous podcast that we covered? Oh, of course. Yeah. So our very first episode, um, I think, succeeded 
in getting Meghan Markle's podcast put on hiatus. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, what happened? Tell me. Uh, well, the queen died. Yes, I've heard. <laughs> and I guess apparently uh, the, the Radar Online says that Charles is so worried about Meghan talking about the queen's death on the podcast that uh, he's begging... Uh, Megan and Harry to just cancel the podcast altogether, and Megan's like, "The fuck, no!" It's crazy. Like, uh, what, is, what does he think she's gonna do? I don't with know. Her but, but she's she's put it on pause right now because the Queen died, and obviously they're in England doing yeah. morning Queen stuff, which is tasteful, right? But the podcast is like number two on Spotify. It's doing fine with that one shitty episode. Yeah, so yeah. We yeah. didn't actually hurt the podcast in any way. But yeah. I like to think that maybe we're a little maybe bit Maybe we had something to do with we it. We didn't. I don't know. We didn't. And yeah. I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to hate listen to episode two. Yeah. I might just hate listen to the first five minutes to see what Harry says that's cringeworthy. Yes. So if we learned anything from Goop today, mm. it's that I need to kill you so I can harness your podcast editing <laughs> powers and make it rain. This episode of Celebrity Podcast Podcast was produced by me, Henry Lavoie, with just a little help from my ghost mom, Rebecca Lavoie. <laughs> Music in this podcast was by Nongdo. Original podcast art was made by Jeff Lassiter. Want to buy a sponsorship or make a suggestion for a celebrity podcast we should cover? Do you think we should start our own lifestyle brand or in-person wellness symposium? Yes! Send us an email at celebpodpod at gmail.com. I'm Henry Lavoie. I'm Rebecca Lavoie. And that is it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>